Hey modders, welcome back to Modified Rule. You join us at the beginning of a new adventure, where four strangers find themselves at the centre of events they could never have prepared themselves for. If you haven't listened to them already, we've already released four special episodes where I sat down with each of the players individually to play through scenes from the backstories they'd all written. We join them now as they all come together at the beginning of their adventure. So without further ado, let's get into Season 2, Episode 1 of Modified Rule. The journey begins. In the infinite expanse of the material plane, there floats many worlds. Among them is the world of Eren. Our story takes place several centuries after the demons of the Abyss had poured forth into the lands of Eren, overrunning them. The gods themselves intervened, and with the assistance of the mortal races, drove the demons from back into the Abyss from whence they came. Some remnants still remain throughout the world, but for the most part, the battle was won. But this was at a great cost, to both mortals and gods alike. Even now, centuries later, the gods rest, regaining their strength. They have not abandoned their followers, but neither do they walk the lands freely, their reach diminished. But even still, Eren is safe. For centuries now, the people have rebuilt in a time of relative quiet and peace, ever vigilant of the demonic threat. But in that peace, something stirs. Something ancient and terrible. With the gods' presence diminished, they aim to reclaim what was once theirs. But unaware of these sinister machinations, four adventurers are about to embark on a story none of them could have possibly prepared for. On the continent of Verlaine, on the world of Eren, far from any major city, on a warm, lazy summer day, we see a half-orc, half-goliath paladin walking down a dirt track. Pete, could you describe your character for us, please? Yeah, okay. Uh, hi, I'm Pete. I'm playing Sinclair. So the first thing that uh, strikes people when they first see Sinclair is his sheer size. Standing at nine foot tall and heavily armoured, Sinclair sort of lumbers down the road, uh, his pale grey-green skin showing off in the sunlight, uh, the small tusks on his face giving away his orcish side, and the big... Uh, and the main feature that people will notice when they look at him is he has... Uh, burns and scars up the right side of his face and that is Sinclair thank you so as Sinclair is walking down this road he's been traveling for weeks now he's been making his way to a destination referred to as the Holy Gate this is usually a, a location that's some sort of a, sort of a pilgrimage to a lot of paladins and clerics who are brought up in the church it's a place to go and test themselves against the forces of the abyss you've been working your way there but you know being a paladin and with your upbringing, you've sort of been taking your time, stopping to help those in need. And speaking of, as you've been making your way, you came across a flyer looking for adventurers to come and help. Uh, it indicated that in this region, there have been an uptick in monster attacks and they were looking for adventurers to come and help cull the numbers. Uh, you followed that notice and uh, you're heading towards the town of Knight's Valor. It's a relatively small town, another day's travel north. But as you get close, uh, you, there's a, you can just sort of make out a small village in the distance now that you'd probably make in with an hour or two. 
but as you're getting closer you spot a elderly couple with a wagon and unfortunately one of the wheels is broken. What would you do? So Sinclair from a distance uh, is going to, to raise one of his hands. Um, Ale, do, are you in need of assistance? Uh, the two sort of start when they hear you sort of call it. The is like, oh, uh, please, yeah, um, our wagon hit a rut and the, the, the wheels damaged. We, unfortunately, I can't get it lifted. Oh, you're a big fella. Um, yeah, if you could help get it lifted, we could get the wheel off and maybe try and repair it, but I, it's, it's too heavy for myself. Uh, I was about to ask my missus here to head on to the village and send some help back, but you know she didn't want to leave me on my own out here. No, no, sen- sensible, sensible. Who knows what's lurking out here? I- I'll lift the cart for you. You try and see what you can do with the wheel, and we'll see if we can get you on your way. How, how does that sound? I-, I-, I would, I would greatly appreciate that. Yeah, please. So you- I'm not even going to make you roll for it. You're nine feet tall. You can lift the edge of a wagon enough to get a wheel off. So you lift it up. He, you know, knocks it loose, brings it down, and between the pair of you, you manage to make. It's a bit of a bod's job, but, you know, it's only to get you another hour or so's travel up the road. You manage to make a quick repair, get it back on, and the the three of you now sort of head on to the village, them riding in the wagon, you walking alongside. So, uh, what what brings you to this part of the world? We don't see many paladins like yourself around here. Ah, I'm I'm making my way towards the Holy Gate. I'm I'm on my my pilgrimage. It's my duty to visit there at least once, and, um... It was decided recently that the time had come, so I'm on my way there. Oh, you're going a bit out of your way coming up this way, are you not? Uh, yes. Um, well, I've been making my way slowly, uh, as- assisting with people where I can, and um, I saw a flyer in a town recently about uh, the need to cull some monsters, and I thought, well, you know, chance to help people while on my pilgrimage, so why not? Might as well head out this way. When you mentioned about the monster issue, the two of them nod, like, uh, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, a lot of people have been attacked recently and a couple of villages have just been completely destroyed. It's, we've not seen anything like it in, in well, in years. But uh, someone like you coming to give a hand, I'm, I'm sure we'll be fine. And sort of as the conversation continues on, you arrive in the town and you sort of, as you've been traveling, you just looked in the back and you could tell that these, you know, it's a, an older elderly farmer and his wife they were bringing stuff to the village to sort of sell on you can tell as you approach this is just a little farming village it's a lot of local farmers would come here sell their wares people would stop over on their way through and like the, they head straight over to the inn it's like please uh, let us get you a drink uh, to thank you for your help well that's that's very kind of you i i yes I sh- i'll take you up on that offer that'd be very nice so you head inside the tavern and uh, they take you in and buy you a drink and as you're getting settled, uh, a little further back down the same road, we see a tiefling making her way in the same direction. Deadly, would you like to describe your character for us, please? So you see uh, uh, quite a plump tiefling um, with curly white hair and light lavender skin, uh, swathed in robes that look uh, a lot like the night sky. Um, and you can tell from a lot of her Seeming that she quite loves the night sky. She's got um, gems hanging from her horns to look like stars, and from her little round uh, wire-rimmed spectacles, she also has a chain of stars. 
you've been traveling for yourself also for a couple of weeks now you were obviously living in the observatory before now and you've set out on your own as you're walking along the road you're clutching a flyer a similar one that sinclair had found looking for assistance uh your funds were getting a little bit low so you thought you know this would be a good chance to get out help some people and also you know maybe help pay for a little bit more of your journey as you're walking down the road, you do get catch a couple of people, so farmers in the in their face sort of stop to watch you pass. You know, nobody looks at you with any sort of ill intent, but you do sort of catch them following you as you walk along. What is Twilight thinking as this happens? Uh, so she has she's been on the road for a little bit, and she's kind of used to it, but she is kind of. Uh, almost toxically positive about it, so she will be smiling at them, nodding, and just saying to herself, wow, what a lovely place, and just carrying on oblivious. I mean, any of the ones that you would smile at, though, they would sort of weakly smile back, give a little nod and a wave, but as you pass, they would get back to whatever they're doing. Uh, you eventually arrive at the same town, or the same little village. Uh, what would Twilight do when she got to the village? You've, like I say, you've still from here. You've got about another day's journey on to Knight's Valor, but it is starting to get towards evening time at this point. If you were to continue on, you know you'd have to travel through the night. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll uh, try and look for somewhere to stay for the evening, or somewhere I can set up base camp. Really, yeah. Um, it, it's not a particularly around. large. It's not a particularly large town, village type place. Uh, you, you, they seem to have one inn and one inn only. It doesn't have a name. <laughs> It's just the one that's, you know, people go there to drink after they've finished working and, uh, you know, uh, strangers or merchants traveling through might stay the night. Would you head on into that one? Uh, yeah, I'll, uh, are there any windows or anything? Can I peek through the windows? I mean, yeah, there'll be a couple of windows out the front that you could look through if you wanted to. Just to, like, assess the vibe, see what it's like in there. <laughs> Well, it's not, it's not quite to the end of the working day yet, so if you were to look inside, there would be a handful of people in there. Uh, noticeably, there would be a nine-foot-tall, what appears to be half-orc, at the bar with an older couple who are, it looks to be, buying him a drink currently. Okay, well, that, that will pique her interest, if nothing else. Um, so I will, I will head in. Yep, so you open the door and Sinclair from inside, you see the door open and if you were to look over you would see Twilight, this tiefling in a starry robe. So Twilight, what would you do as you've come inside? Would you go and find a table? Would you head to the bar? Uh, I'm going to head to the bar and just ask for a large glass of water. (laughs) (laughs) The barkeeper... You know, a plump man with a large curly moustache just nods, sets the water in front of you in a mostly clean glass. Uh, I will I'll look at him in the eye and be like, keep that coming, and then go and sit down. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just nods and continues polishing a glass. Uh, and then she's just going to sit in a booth and, like, swing her legs. <laughs> That's fine. That's good. So as you sort of get comfortable, sort of zoom back out and Back down the same road again, coming from the same direction, we see an elf in what appears to be rogues' leathers, travelling leathers with several with two swords at her hips. And Danny, could you describe your character for us, please? Of course. So, what you see is a tall, well, fairly tall. I guess elves are quite tall anyway. Elf. Um, she's five ten, 
and she has like golden brown skin and dark curly hair that reaches about her waist and she has like she just she like wears a lot of gold jewelry because gold is her color and yeah she's confidently walking down the street like she's been here a thousand times and she she knows it like the back of her hand you 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 know as well you're out trying to make a name for yourself you know the message you were left with your mother when you left sort of stuck with you and you're looking for some way to some way to get yourself on the path to make a name that people will recognize and to that end when you came across the little flyer saying you know they want adventurers wanted adventurers needed to help call these monsters you thought there's a place to start so you're also making your way to knight's valor keep as you're traveling you know you're coming across you also come across this small village same as everyone else so far and it is getting later on in the day now. It's, uh, it's getting to be about tea time. As you're sort of cl- getting close to the village, a few more people have been coming in from the fields and heading towards the village, either to head home or to grab something to eat or drink at the inn. As you approach, a couple of people head in ahead of you. Would you head to anywhere specific or would you just head to the inn as well to get something to eat? Uh, yeah, she would head straight to the inn. Yeah. As you open the door, it's a little bit busier now than when Twilight last entered. There's a few people around the tables. At the bar, on a table near the bar, you can see a half-orc with an elderly couple engaged in conversation in one of the booths, sort of staring around her with her legs kicking under the chair. You can see a tiefling. You know, these two are probably the most out of place in here. They're, everyone else is, you know, dressed like essentially a farmer. You know, rugged clothing, dirt on their faces, a lot of oars coming from the corner. <laughs> Uh, so what would uh, what would Giliana do in this instance? Um, she would walk straight up to the bar. Um, she'd make a beeline for it and she would drum on the side of the bar and be like, Sir, I would absolutely love a glass of your finest mead as soon as you're ready. Thank you very much. And she'd just lean against it. <laughs> he puts down the same glass that he was polishing when Twilight came in, turns around to one of the casts behind him and pours a mead into a pewter mug. And sets it down in front of you. He said, uh, I'll be three copper, please. Only three copper? And then she would slap it down on the table and turn away from the bar and have a look to find the most interesting place to sit in the bar. I mean, at this point, probably the most interesting place to sit is either going to be next to the half or, or next to the tiefling. Hmm. She's going to, she's going to look like she's deliberating it for a couple of seconds. And then she's going to, I think she would be most enamoured with Twilight's fashion sense and she would go and sit over there. So Twilight, you've just seen this elf walk in, drumming on the bar, getting a mead, and then she's turned around, looked about the room, and you can see her sort of like hemming and hawing, like looking back and forth between you and the half-orc. What will be running through your mind when you see her like come in? Well, first with the the confidence, she's going to have like the like notice me senpai eyes, like oh my god, wow, <laughs> um, this confidence. Um, and then as she like starts to look over, she's going to be like oh 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 no oh no. So she's going to like adjust her hair, try and like <laughs> sit it up a little bit straighter. Yeah, with that, I think I don't know if that had any impacts on Gillianna's choosing, or if she had her mind made up already. But she heads over to the table with Twilight. Um. Giliana is going to go, hi, what's your name? I'm Anna, by the way. She's going to hand, she's going to like put her hand out for Twilight to shake if she wants to. 
Hi, uh, meet to nice you. I mean, nice to meet you. I I'm Twilight. Um, that was amazing. You're so confident and you're so gold. Oh my gosh. Oh my god, thank you so much. That's like the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. I just absolutely love your glasses so much. They're so cool. Oh, thank you. I need them to see. <laughs> wow, I've never seen anybody wear glasses before in my entire life. This is the best day ever. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Do you want to sit down? Um, yes, please. And she's going to sit down and she's going to put her feet on the table and hold her, her mead. So as you two sort of get to know one another and <laughs> talk about how interesting it is to wear glasses, we're going to zoom back out from the end again and back down the same road for the fourth and final time as... Walking along it, we see a fairly tall, fairly bulky dragonborn. Jordan, could you describe your character for us, please? So, Kazizel is a monk dragonborn. So, as we're thinking of, the style of Shallow Monks has got those kind of robes, but not as heavy in those robes. No armor. Carries a hand axe at the race. Amethyst. Uh, style and colour sports uh, a number of amethyst gems on his body but there's one unique gem that's different to those is a ruby that's at the base of his horns so being a amethyst dragonborn a sort of gemstone dragonborn gemstone dragonborn yeah. are already fairly uncommon but one with this sort of like little and specifically this little ruby at the base of your horns isn't just like a ruby at the base of your horns, it's floating just off of your yeah. head just a little bit. So that, more than than Twilight did, this draws a lot of looks as you pass. Like you, like beyond people stood and watching, people were like, fought, like walking through the fields following you to just to watch you pass. What does Cassisil think when he sort of sees people watching him like this? Um, He's... Because he'll be fairly new, because he's won't have long got here. Mm -hmm. He's spent most of his life in monasteries, and he's almost zoned out in a sense of thinking back to his training and why he's out here. And so he doesn't really take too much notice of the eyes that are just focused on him. He, he may take a glance and notice, but he doesn't really focus too much on it. He's focusing more on questioning why he's here. Mm -hmm. Be like the pebble in the stream, let it wash over you. Yeah, and with being new, he's also trying to get acquainted with his surroundings. And yeah. again, this will be the first time outside of his monastery he's really seen anything of yeah. his land. I mean, that was, that was the next question I was going to ask. Obviously, the monastery is based on an island just off yeah. the sort of north coast. Like, not only is this the first, like you, you, you know, you've been out of the monastery a little bit. Like, you've been you, you would be sent out on errands, but like, you've been it's the first time off that island in your yeah. life that you can recall at least. So, you know, walk it. You know, the island itself isn't barren, but yeah. it is at the base. Like you know, the most of the village is around the base of a volcano. It's a it's a lush, verdant area. But, yeah. You know, this is the fast first time you've really walked along flat ground <laughs> since you were able to walk. 
and really had this kind of level of civilization where it isn't just Dragonborn. There's a number of races, and again, he's trying to attune himself to where he is, and he'll be taking a lot of notice of signs around just because so he doesn't get lost. Yeah. Well, much like the others, uh, as part of your journey, as part of your travels, you came across this sign looking for help with monsters. You know, as you're trying to find what your goal even is or what it is you're meant to be doing, you think, you know, this might help you on your way to find what yeah. it is you're supposed to be doing. So you've you've picked up this flyer as well. And you're also heading to Knight's Valor. And again, as you walk along the road, you come to this small village. At this time, the sun is... Well, I would say it's, I've already said it's sort of lazy summer, so I would say the sun's probably not going to set for a few hours yet, but it is getting later on in the day. You probably, you know, it's probably an hour or two past when you would normally have stopped to eat. So I would assume would Cassisal also head to the inn, or are you going to yeah. the fly a new ointment here and say you're going to turn the other way and walk home? <laughs> no, he's going to head to the inn. He's probably going to see if they've got a room or anything spare. He's just taken up a job. He's going to want to take some rest before he sets off. Yeah, get a drink in some food so yeah he's gonna head in cool on the inside like it goes without saying but the half orc and twilight have been getting looks since she arrived even giliana um not so much because you're an elf or you know the elves pass hoot through here a lot but just with your the air <laughs> that you put on this aura of confidence and relaxation even you've been having glances but none so much as when the door opens and this dragonborn, seemingly made of amethyst, steps into the room. The place goes silent <laughs> as he as he walks up to the bar. What would any of you? What would any? Obviously, a few of you may have seen dragonborn before in your travels, but even for you guys, I would definitely twilight. You've never seen a gemstone dragonborn. Mm-hmm. Actually, no. Mm. Just roll me a d20. We're going to do a quick luck check for Twilight. Okay. <laughs> Four? No. You, <laughs> living in the observatory all your life, like, you know, you've had other uh, stargazers have come to the observatory over time. You've known a lot of different people over the years. And one or two of them were dragonborn. And you've, you know, I think you probably would have met a chromatic dragonborn and a metallic dragonborn. And they've maybe told you about these gemstone dragonborn. But nothing they could have described could have prepared you for how they really look. They're, as the light flickers off this gemstone skin and catches this brilliance, it's almost enough to blind you in certain lights. And even Giliana and Sinclair, like you've, you know, both of you would have seen Dragonborn in your travels. And maybe if you were very lucky, you've maybe run into one or two gemstone Dragonborn in the years. But Again, this is not a common occurrence for most of you. So what would, would any of you react to seeing Cassisal step inside? Sinclair's jaw would just sort of hang open slightly with a very confused look on his face. You know, it's like, this is... What a magnificent sight has just stepped through the door. He can't even... You know, <laughs> he can't even put it into words inside his own head. What about Twilight or Giliano? Would either of you react? I mean, yeah, Twilight's going to be, like, not hiding it and just staring openly like, what? <laughs> what is this beautiful creature? <laughs> I must have him. Um, Anna just has absolutely, no, like, no subtlety to her whatsoever, so she'd be, like, very outwardly, like, 
whoa oh my gosh that is the best this is the best town ever <laughs> like i'm never leaving this is amazing just completely in awe <laughs> well Cecil, you go to the bar again this bartender yeah. he's he he's a, a seasoned man the rest the, everyone else there jaws open staring he just nods when you come in it's like drink food room um yeah, so I've just taken this job. Uh, I seem it advertised outside. Uh, if I go ahead with this, I'm probably getting here tonight. So, have you got any rooms spare here? He nods slowly. Yeah, uh, you'll be heading on to Knight's Valor then. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, uh, but a day's travel north still, so uh, not too far to go. But of course, yeah, we have a room for the night. Cool. Cool. Uh, I'll have a... <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just love the idea that this this, this, this tranquil monk in the way of the Ascendant Dragon I just love the idea of the vernacular in the monastery like, cool, cool, yeah. cool. in our monastery we, we study the way of cool <laughs> so um, yeah, so how much will the room be? two silver for the night that includes uh, that includes bed and board. Hey, yeah, I'll take a room and yeah, just something light light to drink as well for now. He nods, uh, takes your two silver, hands you a key. Yeah, uh, second on the left up the stairs, and he turns and pours you a watered down mead. <laughs> that is a thing, isn't it? No, it's watered down beer. You don't water down mead. Yeah. That'd be vile. <laughs> <laughs> now he pours you a watered down beer. Um, Kazizel will look around and see that there are a lot of eyes looking towards his direction. And I, like, I like to imagine that Anna just sort of leans over and taps the chair next to her. <laughs> She's like pointing at it like, this is free. This is free. <laughs> um, he's probably going to... Avoid. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably going to take a seat up at the bar rather than go over at the moment. He's just, again, he's seeing all these eyes. He's probably going to feel a bit overwhelmed by all this attention. So he's just going to take a seat enough. at the bar. Yeah. So the night moves on. I'm assuming all of you would have something to eat. You have a couple of drinks. Uh, eventually, the older couple that you came in with, uh, Sinclair, they excuse themselves, thank you again for your help, and head for the door. They have, you know, they have to get on, get their wares situated, and head home before it gets too dark. Uh, you know, as they leave, they sort of steal glances back and forth between Twilight and Kazisil, but they do leave as well. And over the time, you know, the local farmers who've come in for their for their food in the evening, they'll have some. They'll leave, and eventually, the bar quiets down until only the four of you remain. Uh, there's no other people traveling through, staying the night, so. As the bar gets closer to shopping time, it's just the four of you sat around. After the elderly couple have got up and left you, Sinclair, would you still say sitting on your own, or would you join one of the other groups in the room? Uh, yeah, I, I assume Kazizel's still by himself by the bar. Highly likely, yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> not wanting to see someone, you know, wind the hours away by themselves. Sinclair will go over to the. Uh, the Shining Dragonborn. Ah, would, you, would you like a drink? 
sure, if you're offering, yeah. Two ales, please, barkeep. He nods, sets them up in front of you, continues polishing that one glass. Sinclair will then turn uh, to Kazizel. I I couldn't help but um, overhearing. Uh, Did you say you're on your way to Knight's Valor Keep? Yeah, yeah, I've uh, taken up a job that was advertised outside. What, what, a, what a coincidence. I, I happen to be heading that way myself. Perhaps in the morning we could um, head that way together. Yeah. Be, make the job a little easier with there being more than one of us. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Anna and Twilight, you, I'm assuming you guys have been engaged in conversation yourselves, but both of you can roll a perception check. Okay. <laughs> I'm rolling like poo. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that's a four again Oof. love this you're you're enraptured by anna at the minute nothing else yeah, in I'm, the telling anna, uh, I'm telling her a story about the time i strapped a candle to a mouse in the monastery and chased it around whilst everyone observatory was you didn't grow up in a monastery <laughs> observatory <laughs> oh yeah i'm just thinking about the other character now <laughs> um, i rolled an 18 okay as you're talking, you're listening to this story about the arsonist mouse and you hear mention of Knight's Valor Keep and you sort of like just tune in just a little bit and you can hear the two of them talking about how they're going to fulfill this job that was advertised for Knight's Valor. Oh, I mean, I'm going to turn to Twilight and I'm going to go, you know, I really, really, really love like hearing about this mouse and candle situation. <laughs> like it's really like really interesting. Um, but I don't why are you here? Have you, have you told me why you're here? <laughs> oh, yeah, that might be... Or do you just live here? Is this your house? <laughs> no, no, sorry. I jumped into the Reginald story. I always do this. Um, I saw an advert for um, Knights... Oh, what was it? Val... Valet? Knights Valet? Knights Valor? Valor. Valor, like Velvet. Knights Valor. Um... And they needed help, and I'm trying to become an adventurer, so I'm going there. I, I like the idea that the person who grew up reading books <laughs> referred to Knight's Valor as Knight's Velour. Yeah, she she read very specific books. No, nothing <laughs> yeah, about true. Valor, all about <laughs> luxury fabrics. Yeah, just satins and velours. <laughs> oh my gosh! That is so weird. I'm also going there. And, you know, I'm not nosy. Like, I promise, like, I'm not that nosy that I'm actually listening to everyone's conversations. But I'm pretty sure those two people over there are also going there. Like, what are are the odds? We should go and talk to them. I mean, I've been trying to think of an excuse to go up to them both, like, since I got here, because everyone's so cool here. But yes, let's go now. Okay, let's go. (laughs) As you head over to the two at the bar, pondering the, the odds of the four of you meeting in the same tavern, we pan out to see the fates at work. <laughs> no, you head over to the bar and obviously the two of them are talking about travelling there tomorrow morning. And Do you just like go in and jump into the conversation or do you like just introduce yourselves? Oh yeah, we just completely interrupt what they're saying. I'm not, I'm no social skills. <laughs> so, so if we head out in the morning, get a hearty breakfast and then we can... Yeah. Set out nice and early. It sounds like a plan. Yeah, I've booked a room here, ready for... Oh my god, guys. Hi. Are you also going to the Knights Valor? 
Yeah, she's in the background, like with thumbs up, like. Mm-hmm. Night's fella keep. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that that is it. That sounds right, Twilight. I think we got it wrong. No, it's definitely Valor. Yeah, yes, yes. We're we're planning to head out in the morning for Night's Valor Keep. Well, this is so weird. I was literally just saying to my friend Twilight over here. This is Twilight, by the way. Like, have you seen her really Hi. cool glasses? <laughs> She's really cool. Oh, you're shiny. Because these all just nod. <laughs> just a very slow nod as if say, "Okay." <laughs> and. This is just the weirdest thing ever, but we're also going to the Knight's Valor Keep, and we, like, how weird is that? Well, I, I, I would say that Paylor is at work guiding us all towards each other. By all means, join us in the morning as we travel there. I have absolutely no idea who that is, but that sounds great. <laughs> and for the record, for the record, you... You're, you may have been sheltered, but you were also very well educated. You would be very well aware that Paylor is one of the gods, god of light and justice and other such things. Okay, actually, now you said it. <laughs> no, I do know who that is, and I agree. That oh, is Paylor, not Peller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of the accent. I'm just not understanding it. Okay, I'm it's really the sorry. It's the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you guys sort of continue your conversation into the night. I'm assuming it's sort of one-sided at this point <laughs> as to who's having the conversation <laughs> and who's listening to the conversation. But uh, you just have the conversation into the night and I'm assuming each of you end up getting a room to stay for the evening. Uh, you know, I'm assuming at some point you will all get tired. I can take a stab in the dark and say who goes to bed first <laughs> and who's there until they're, you know, locked into their rooms. Uh, I'll, I'll go to bed first and stare up at the sky and pray and say thank you friends <laughs> you don't get an, uh, you know as with most of your prayers you don't always get an answer uh, but you do feel a slight warmth coming from your symbol of Saluna before you head to bed does anyone else like to do any nightly rituals before i describe absolutely nothing of interest happening uh yeah sinclair will you know take that ages to get out of his armor and then fud <laughs> onto the bed and then <laughs> straight asleep <laughs> Yeah, the, the the bed that only does about half of your body length. Because <laughs> he will probably be taking a couple of notes of his journey uh, to where he is now and a quick meditation before he goes to sleep. And Gilliana? Anna will not change, not do anything, just go to bed. Like, pass out. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day for you all. It's been, To be fair, it's probably been a long couple of weeks travelling at this point for all of you. So a little respite, you know, a lot of you would have been camping out for most nights, so it's nice to come across a little town like this every so often where you can sleep in a bed. But the night passes without incident, uh, you know, it being summer, the sun rises fairly early and you hear the farmers getting up and going about their work. Hey modders, we don't want to take you away from the action for too long. Uh, we probably won't be doing mid-rolls in every episode this season, but there might be one or two. This week, for the first episode back, we just wanted to take this first mid-roll as an opportunity to thank our Patreon supporters, who continued to support us throughout the pandemic even when we weren't releasing content. 
we just want to let you guys know that we wouldn't still be going if it weren't for you. You guys helped keep the lights on for us, essentially, with all of the uh, podcast hosting fees and things. So we cannot thank you guys enough. We just want to give a special shout out for the three of you who continue to support us throughout this period. So this is for Aion, Tomash, and Daniel. Thank you guys so much. We just want to tell you how much we appreciate you guys. And we thank you for your continued support. If you have been listening to us and you would like to support us as well, please jump on over to our Patreon. There'll be links in the description. We will be releasing a whole ton of new content for this season, including today we just released what we're calling Explore the Lore. Uh, Every other episode we release either a Explore the Lore episode, where I will sit down with one or more of the team to talk through specific aspects of the world or races or story and go a bit more in-depth into the story behind them to talk about things that the characters, players, might not have seen yet. Uh, For the weeks that we don't have those, we'll be doing little debriefs. Uh, Our recorded sessions are split into two episodes, so every two episodes we will have a little debrief, which will be all of the guys sitting down, discussing what happened in the recording session, talking about out of character, about the decisions they made, or things that they found interesting or weird about that episode. So the first one of those will go up with episode two. On top of that, we will have a few items of free stuff on the Patreon as well, just so that uh, just little things that we didn't want to clutter up the podcast episode with, but we thought people might want to listen to. Uh, for example, we've just finished recording the second session, after which the guys have leveled up. So we're going to do a little quick recording at the beginning of the next session that will be cut from the episode and put for free on Patreon where the guys will sit down and discuss what they got from their level ups for their characters. If you don't want to subscribe to Patreon, we do also have a Kofi or coffee. I'm still not sure how that's pronounced. But if you'd like to show us support without subscribing to a monthly thing, you know, anything is really helpful to us as it helps us create new content and provide new rewards and things for the Patreon. But that's it for this mid-roll, we'll let you get back into the action. And there is one last thing before we let you get back to the action. From now through to the end of March, we'll be running two competitions. First, anyone who leaves us a written review will be automatically entered to win a set of metal dice from our sponsor, DN Dice. These are going to be a specific set that we've picked based on the colours and the theme of the podcast, so if you leave a review, you will be entered in with a chance to win a set of the Gold Chaos Dragon dice from his site. I will just say a heads up, it is nearly impossible to get a complete review aggregator with all of the different sites, and even just iTunes not aggregating reviews from around the world, they do it based on your location. So if you do leave us a review, let us know whether you do that on our Discord, send us a tweet, or just drop us an email, just let us know you've left us a review, and if we can find it, you will we will enter you into the competition draw. Secondly, we will also be giving away a set of plastic dice. These are the Shepherd's Tempest from DN Dice. These will go into another random draw for anyone who tweets about the podcast using the hashtag modified rule. So both of those competitions are running from today through to the end of March. I will also say we only found out recently, but apparently now Spotify allow you to leave reviews and ratings as well but only on the mobile app version, not the browser. So if you've got two minutes to spare, please, please, please do leave us a review on whatever site you're using, as it's the best way for us to reach a larger audience. And if you do it between now and March, you'll be entering with a chance to win that set of gold chaos dragon dice. But that's enough for now, so we'll let you get back to the episode.
as you all sort of congregate downstairs, getting your breakfast and getting ready to travel on for the day, one of the gentlemen at the bar introduces himself as sort of the village elder, and he's just you know chatting to each of you as you come down, chatting to the people in the bar. He's in having his own breakfast. He asks you, you know, what what brings you to our village then? We are we're, we're heading towards uh, Knights Valor Keep. We're picking up a job. Oh yes, the, you're here to help with the monster problem. Yes, indeed. We, we the, the the flyer said that there was a, a very big problem in the local area, so we thought we'd all, just by chance, come and do this job. <laughs> terrible, absolutely terrible thing that there's been a couple of villages have just gone missing completely. Everyone's just up and gone. How do you mean they've gone missing? Is it just the inhabitants or? Yeah, um, people have people have come through and. There's been signs of a struggle, and fa- I don't know why all of my sort of like older characters <laughs> go like South America, like you know, deep South in the states. Like, <clears throat> but we'll get we'll get through it together. People have gone for to deliver or passing through, and you know, there's been signs of a struggle, and just nobody left. Very little bloodshed, but nobody left, and there's been no sign of them anywhere. So, you know, the Lord at the Knights Valor Keep thinks it must be monsters, and he's been. Sending out for adventurers like yourself to help hunt them down. Has anyone been sent before us, or are we the first to take up on? There's been a couple adventures passed through. I don't know if they've been organized into parties or if they're all just being brought together to start, but you, you're not the first. You're not the first. No, no. I haven't seen any come back this way. I just, I've seen a few passing through over, over the last couple of days. Like They've all headed into Knights Valor Keep to sign up. I, like we no, have no, I see. They, they're all heading there. Yeah, yes, I understand. You made me worried there for a second. No, no, they just all they'll pass through here on the way. Well, I say, oh, a couple have passed through here. I know the poster's only been up for a week or two now. We've had a few people come through. Like none of them have come back this way, so I assume they've been set to their job, their tasks of hunting down the monsters. But obviously, we've not not got any nearby here, so we've not seen many of them come back this way. I wonder if they met Grizzly Ends. That would be interesting. <laughs> the village elder kind of looks at you like, why would you say that? Yeah, Sinclair will sort of take a deep breath, you know. No, no, no. <laughs> um, we're calling back to walking through. Would I have seen many guards for the village at all or will it just be very minimal i mean th- this is very much a farming village like they don't really okay. have like a standing guard or anything like it's they don't even have a wall it is literally yeah. a couple like a handful of families live here with a couple of businesses and then all around you is just fields okay. so it is just literally a little collection of farming villages there's not you know not a palisade wall or anything um, just on the way here uh would i have passed through any larger cities that would have had any guards how far away would they have been so your knowledge of the area is spotty at best, but on yeah. your way here, you would have passed, you know, since you've been on the, the main continent, you've passed yeah. through a couple of big villages. The largest one that you've passed through on the way this direction would have been yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Like you've passed through a couple of towns since you might've passed through one or two that had like a palisade wall type thing. They have like the largest one you've passed through up to this point, which is like a wooden so wall. fair to acknowledge that this sort of village would rely heavily on adventurers to help them out. Not even so much adventures, but like the local uh, lord would be expected to send out guards or soldiers in the event that something happened. But yeah. this is considered a relatively safe area. Like monsters 
coming in and wiping out a town aren't common and the fact yeah. that there wasn't really any sign of what actually happened or why you could probably deduce is why well maybe not you but the rest of the party with experience in this sort of thing okay two of the party <laughs> not you not you or twilight may have been able to parse together the reason they're bringing adventures in is because they don't actually know what's going on and your job is to find out because you know as this as the village elders telling you a whole village disappearing with no real sign of what caused it is a bit odd but yeah, that, that's why the local lord, uh, Knight's Valor, is sort of putting up these posters because it's his responsibility to protect the villages in the area. But from what you've seen, this is a relatively safe area. Like, it's not like goblins are marauding up and down, attacking villages in the night. Like, it's an uncommon thing to happen. But while you're having this conversation, in fact, shortly after Twilight mentioned them all meeting a grisly end, you guys start to hear raised voices and a commotion coming from the edge of the village. The village elder turns to you all and says, I'm very sorry, I'll have to go and see what's caught. And before you can finish the sentence, there's a scream pierces the air. As I hear this scream, I will I will get up and I will charge for the door. Yep, Sinclair does the same. Twilight's going to be like, mouthful of breakfast, like, help. <laughs> As you step outside, you can hear more screams and more shouting being raised from the northern end of the village. As you get in front of the uh, in front of the inn, the village elder comes out behind you, and a man comes sprinting around the corner. He runs up to the village elder, out of breath, and said, "says it's soldiers, bandits. Some someone's attacking the village. They're they're taking people." Did you see how many there are? I, I, I didn't hang around to count up. Seven, eight. I thought there was more coming across the the bridge into okay. the village. I, I don't know. No time. We'll assess it when we get there. Sinclair is going to grab the hilt of his his great sword, draw it, and he's going to start charging towards the commotion. Yeah, I will pretty much do the same in my hand axe and start heading that way. Okay. What about Anna and Twilight? Um, Anna's like she was half um, nursing a hangover, but she'll she'll get up <laughs> and she'll she'll get her bearings and she'll just run straight out of the door after them. And that's why that's going to be like, what? and then just like shovel food into her mouth and run after, like, <laughs> <laughs> So as you guys step into the street, coming around the corner, the same direction that that man sprinted around, you start to see what appear to be soldiers, but they aren't wearing any insignia that you can recognize. In fact, they don't seem to be wearing any insignia at all. The armor appears to be almost completely blank. They also seem to be acting a little strangely. They don't seem to be like attacking anyone just outright they're approaching villagers grabbing them and sort of like pulling them back and out of view and the only time they ever seem to attack anyone is if they attempt to defend themselves if any of the men step up to try and attack these soldiers they will immediately cut them down but anyone who doesn't resist is just pulled away out of sight what do you guys do i should say currently step around the corner you spot four of these soldiers um Uh, sinclair will immediately you know raise his sword towards them you know what's good for you you'll leave these people alone they ignore you completely. They're grabbing any nearby villagers and just like pulling them around the corner. Four of them are sort of stepping toward, down the street towards you because there's no villagers between you. I mean it. If, if they don't stop, Sinclair is just going to start advancing on them. Okay, then unless anyone else wants to try anything specific, we will roll initiative. Does anyone want to try anything before that happens? Nope. Um, can Anna like run, like, is there any like boxes or anything like near nearby? Like stacked boxes, you yeah, 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 yeah. Something yeah. you want to climb or something you want to hide behind. Oh, something you want to hide behind. Yeah, there'll be like you know, stacked boxes from next to one of the like, sort of buildings nearby that you could duck behind, or there's a couple of alleys between some of the buildings. 
Yeah, she would like try and make her way over there, but as like stealthy as possible. Uh, how far away are we from the group? Uh, these advancing soldiers. Uh, yeah. Sinclair, who I'm sort of assuming is out front, is about 40 feet away from the nearest soldier currently. I will approach uh, just sort of where Sinclair would be, and I will give him a final warning of, you can either back down now, or you'll have to deal with us. The two of you at the front can make a perception check. Let's roll. That is a 12 for Sinclair. Okay. And that is a 4 for Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, they just don't react. As you sort of uh, like shout to them, they don't seem to show any sort of response at all to that, and they just keep walking towards you. Uh, so unless Twilight, is there anything specific you'd like to try or do before sort of initiative gets ruled? Uh, she's just going to go, you guys, I don't think they can hear you. And then just put up her fists, like, really pathetically, and be like, oh. <laughs> With that, we're going to roll initiative. <gasps> Natural 20. Nice. Oh, Get you top of the list. Nice. That is a 18. Oh, that was for Cecil. Sinclair is also an 18. Oh, uh, who's got the higher dex mod? Uh, I have plus two. Uh, yep, it's definitely him. Uh, so Sinclair, and what a Twilight gap? Twelve. <laughs> Lovely. Because I have a minus one initiative. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. So first in initiative is Anna. Anna, you're currently. Com- I'm, I'm not going to make you roll for it. You've ducked behind them. They can't see you, so you're currently completely obscured and hidden from the advancing soldiers, what would you like to do? Okay, I... Ooh. Okay, so she's probably just gonna... She sees people grabbing people. That's not, like... That's not friendly. That's not <laughs> nice. So she's gonna... She's gonna... Do you know what? What's life without a bit of risk? She's gonna take out her... Mm, am I in... How far away am I? Because you're currently a little bit further back behind Sinclair and Cassisal. You're about 55 feet away. I will say as well, depending on what, if you want to go directly at them, like I say, there are a few houses and buildings nearby, so you could like slip behind them and try and flank round the side of them if that, if you want to get a bit of uh, maneuvering on. Mm. Or of course, you can just shoot them. Yeah, we're gonna shoot them. Cool. Yeah, with a short bow. Yeah, this is a really stupid question. Level one rogue, do you have sneak attack yet? I do. Cool. You're completely hidden, so you get sneak attack on this. Fantastic. I'm assuming you're aiming for the closest soldier. Yeah, just the first. She's not picky. Any of them. <laughs> Brilliant. So, rule to hit. Okay. Oh my gosh, natural 20 again. Oh, dice are rigged. All right, that's <laughs> So, bearing in mind, sneak attack. So, bear in mind, on a natural 20, you get to r- double roll all of your damage dice. That includes your sneak attack dice. So, oh roll all your damage dice twice and then add your modifier. What damage dice? Is it for uh, a short bow? So a short bow will be 1d6. <laughs> um, Aren't you glad that Grady sent you all those d6s now? I know, literally, <laughs> just thinking that. Thank you, Dean Dice. Okay, so... Ooh! Um, that's 10. Oh, is that with your modifier? Oh no! Oh my gosh, I don't have to play this game. Okay. <laughs> so it'll, be plus, it'll be plus your dexterity modifier. Yeah, is it the one? Yeah, it's five. Fifteen. Your dex mod is plus five? <laughs> yeah. Bloody hell. Right. So, first attack of the game. Not 20. 
the these soldiers are advancing towards you, showing little, like no emotion at all. How do you kill this guy? Oh, yeah, first kill. Yes. Okay, she's just gonna really, really cool, um, Legolas style, shooting straight through the eye. Straight through the eye. This yeah. guy's advancing. You guys. You're not even 100% sure if they were showing emotion, if he would have even shown emotion, <laughs> because this arrow straight through the head, like just pinpoint straight to the eye, he just collapses back from the, like the force just sort of rocks him back onto his back and he hits the ground. All of you can make another perception check. That's a uh, 19 for Sinclair. Cool. Uh, tw- uh, 14 for Twilight. Five for Anna. 13 for Kazidal. Okay, anyone who scored above a 12 notices that the remaining three soldiers immediately snap their attention onto Anna. Oops. They don't seem to show any sort of reaction to their comrade falling, in, even in such a gruesome way, but they're now immediately all focused on Anna. Is it like all in unison? What, you rolled, you rolled like a 19, didn't you? Yeah. Yes, it was just like that, every single one of them. Mm, interesting. Okay. Sinclair notes that. Uh, speaking of, uh, well, no, it's not. No, I can't read my own writing. Cassisol, it's your turn. Uh, so Cassisol will move up uh, towards them. Uh, just let me double check how far how far away are they? The well, so I probably should note the the, the one who was furthest up. He's dead. So okay. The next one, I'm just going to put a marker so I know that one's dead. The next closest one to you is going to be forty-five feet away. Okay, so I'm going to move up about 30 feet. Uh, so you're within 15 feet of them now, yeah. You're just advancing straight down the road towards them. You're not going to try and duck behind anything? No. Okay. And then... Uh, so they're within about 15 feet for me, did you say? Yeah, the closest one to you would be about 15 feet away now. Uh, in that case, I will use my breath weapon. Ooh. Calling out the big guns. <laughs> Being amethyst, this will be uh, in the form of force damage. Yeah, that's a saving throw for me, isn't it? Yeah, that's a dexterity saving throw. Aha! They're strong, suit. No, it isn't. It really isn't. <laughs> uh, oh, that's a good roll, though. Unfortunately, it's an eighteen. Well, that will beat it. Yes. Yeah, unfortunate. <laughs> but I'm assuming he still takes half damage. Yes. And it's it's just a fifteen foot line, isn't it? Uh, it's a cone. Yeah, it's fifteen foot. Yeah. So yeah, just the one gets caught. So what does it look like, uh, like for, for the three people who are like behind you? What does it look like when Cecil uses? Because obviously, you know, you guys have probably seen Dragonborn using a breath weapon before. It's usually some sort of elemental thing. None of you will have seen a, a gemstone dragon use its breath weapon. What does it look like when Cecil steps up and does this? So as he blows this almost visible, uh, almost solid force of air towards uh, the bandits it's yeah, if you can barely see through this air and it's impacts from almost like a like a punch. So it's like a, it's, it's almost like a, a, a blast of a shock wave comes out and it yes. ripples the air like a solid wall of force and it just crashes into this guy. How much damage does it do? If he was saved? Uh, I wasn't going to do much, so originally that would be three and then half that. 
half died to one, so he's... Oh, he's hurting. He's hurting. I also like the idea that you've stepped up in your monk robes and you've, like, flourished and done some sort of uh, martial arts stance and then just went... <laughs> Only for a tickle. Yeah, but to be fair, again, for all of you guys, it's just, yeah, very impressive. Very impressive. Yeah, well, uh, didn't, didn't do a lot of damage, but yeah, you've not seen that before. Uh, is that everything for Cassisel? Uh, right now, yes. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, actually, I completely forgot to ask. Anna, would you have moved after your attack, or would you have just ducked back behind the crates you were hiding behind? Um. Yeah, I, my my perception was terrible, so I'm just going to say I didn't know that they were looking at me, so yeah, I just ducked behind. Cool. Yeah. Right. Da, 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 da. So that takes us to Sinclair. Okay, to start Sinclair's turn, he rolls his shoulder with his sword in his hand, cracks his neck, says, by Pelor's name, I warned you. And he's going to advance 30 feet towards down the street towards the bandit, which puts him level with Kazizel. And then he's going to use his bonus action, Aggressive, to get within uh, five foot of these two, band, uh, the, the, the closest bandit and then the bandit behind him. Mm-hmm. It's probably just it's probably a good idea just to for our listeners' benefit. Some of the more perceptive listeners may have realized that uh, Pete is playing a half orc, half Goliath. This, of course, is not an out-of-the-box race. We have tweaked this a little bit. He's using a bit of an amalgamation of features from both the half orc and Goliath traits. I think actually as well there might have been one or two there might have been one in there, which was a mix of the playable orcs as well from one of the expansions. Yeah, exactly. The playable orc rates as well. So it's uh, a bit of a mismatch in there. I have run through it with him. We have checked that it's not completely broken. It's legal. It's, we, we did it, it properly. <laughs> we did it properly. So if you're a bit confused about why he's able to use things like aggressive or any of the other features he has, it has been checked, and I'm hoping I haven't overlooked anything. But continue. We will find out. Okay, so yeah, he uses his aggressive trait to get within uh, five foot of the, the closest and five foot of the uh, the next closest bandit, and the one behind the one that Kazizel was hurting. Yes. Very wordy. That's the one he's, he's going to draw his longsword straight above his head and take a mighty swing at him. Yeah. So you, you you've run up right. So there's a you know you've killed one of the four guard the soldiers that you could see. Uh, the other three are sort of bunched up together. You've ran past the one that Kazizel's hit, and you're going for the one behind him. Yep. Yeah. That that's a, that is a that's a nineteen to hit. That definitely hits. Fantastic. That is four. That's twelve points of slashing damage. <sighs> How would you like to kill this guy? With one mighty blow, Sinclair, eyes just narrowed on this guy, will just take one mighty swing like that fateful day and just cleanly take his head off. Do you start getting flashbacks from that? Is that just going to push you over the edge, do you think, this sort of flashback to your past? Not quite yet. I think in the heat of battle, the the adrenaline's pumping right now. Yeah. So you literally start, you, you run up to this guy, you run past the first one, and again... You're sort of used to people when they, people see you running at them with a sword in hand. There's usually an expected reaction. <laughs> mm. This guy does not have that reaction. He just watches you coming. When you get within a certain distance, he stops paying attention to where Anna's hiding and he switches to you to prepare to defend himself. But before he can even react, you just come down with this sword and you just, you know, from shoulder to hip, bisect this guy. And the two halves sort of fall to the ground. Would you like to do anything else, or do you just turn to face the soldier in front of you? 
Sinclair is going to take a, a defensive stance and turn towards the guy that uh, Kazizel was uh, fighting and prepare himself uh, for a next attack. Perfect. So that brings us on to the first guard's turn. So the guard in front of you, Sinclair, now that you actually probably should have mentioned, after you killed this guy, the two remaining guards immediately switched their attention to you. Yep. So the one in front of you is going to turn, he's going to draw his sword, and he's going to try and hit you with it. Yep, as expected. Like any good soldier would do. Well, <laughs> first attack roll for the DM. That's a natural one. Oh, fantastic. Oh, hey. Woo! So, for the benefit of our listeners, obviously, things like natural 20s on an attack roll are automatically hit. Natural 1 is an automatic miss, regardless of what happens. I like to throw in a little bit of flavor for this. A natural 1 isn't just an automatically hit. You've, you've missed for a reason. Something, some twerk, some twerk? Just twerking <laughs> of fate. Some quirk of fate. Some quirk of fate has intervened and it has caused you even, you know, the greatest trained warrior will sometimes trip on a stone. In this case, this soldier turns, draws his sword, and as he steps towards Sinclair to swing, he slips in the blood of his fallen ally and it causes him to lose balance and he drops to one knee. No other, you know, he doesn't drop his weapon or anything, he just loses balance, completely whiffs the attack and stands back up. But you do hear more footsteps coming around the corner and Sinclair from where you're standing you can spot two more guards coming down the road towards you just beyond the bend mm -hmm. fantastic Twilight you've just watched two people get riggedy riggedy wrecked <laughs> you've never really been in a fight before you've heard you know obviously with the stories you've read there's been swashbuckling adventures but you know the stories of the gentleman thief didn't really account for the viscera or intestines spilling over the ground. How is Twilight reacting to this? She's kind of morbidly fascinated whilst also being terrified. Um, <laughs> and she's getting uh, to say, Stars and comets, you guys are no joke. <laughs> and then she is going to cast Sacred Flame. And to do this, um, she kind of moves her hands in a way and then little constellations form around it and she taps the stars and then from that it shoots out towards the one that was hit with the breath weapon. Cool. What's the range on Sacred Flame? 60 feet. Okay, so I think you were just beyond that before combat and gifts. So we'll I'll, I'll like step a few things five forward. Or ten feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe say for like five or ten feet so you're within range of that. So you, you move up. So in the middle of this combat, Sinclair is sort of like face off against this guy. You've seen him turn to try and attack Sinclair to no avail. You step up with the, this starlight glittering around your hand. And from above this soldier, this starlight seems to almost shine down. And where it hits him there, it sort of sparks and lights. And it's a, what kind of saving throw? It is a dex. Ooh, like I've already said, strong suit. Uh, 13. Oh, it was a 12. Oh, he's just past it then. So as this, these like little, like almost like little glittering star fall, like almost like shooting stars falling down top of him, they, where they touch him, they would flare and brighten. But he manages to like just shift out of the way as the stars kind of cascade past him. They sort of glance off his armor and spark, but they don't deal him any damage, unfortunately. 
Would Twilight make any more movements? Do you have a bonus action you'd like to do, or would that be the end of your turn? Uh, so when she sees that it has no effect, she's kind of just gonna stand there and be like, and then try and hide in like a behind the crate or something. Yeah, like I said, there's stuff all over that you can sort of step in the side of a building, just uh, up a little bit up the street to where you step in the side of the building to into a little, uh, not so much an alley, just a space between two buildings just to get out of line of sight. Mm -hmm. uh, with that done, the soldier behind the one in front of you, Sinclair, is going to draw a bow. Excellent. And he's going to put, he's going to point it at you. Oh, big target. Oh, that's a better roll. That is a 22 to hit. Yeah, that'll definitely hit. Sweet. I mean, oh. Oh, no. That's going to be, oh, first damage roll for the DM's actually a decent one. That's eight damage, eight points of piercing damage. Okay. So you were, you, you're, after seeing the soldier in front of you sort of try to swing it, you miss, your focus is entirely on him and you're thinking, I'm going to cut this guy in half as well. And then you hear a bowstring tighten and then the arrow just catches you right in the joint of your breastplate, right in the shoulder and rocks you back a step. You're still standing, but you've currently got an arrow in you. Yeah, that one hurt. And then from around the corner, you spot one more soldier, this one with bow in hand but he does not make an attack this turn. So back to the top of the order. Anna, there's two more of them in front of you. One is been rocked by the force of a breath weapon and sparked on, and another hasn't been damaged at all, but they're the only two you can see currently. What would you like to do? Okay, um, which one's the one that uh, hit Sinclair? Or did I not see that one? Well, none of them have actually... Well, the, you, you can just about, from where you're standing, you can just about see the one holding a bow, which is the one sort of just furthest away from Sinclair within your line of sight. Okay, I'm going to go... Um, there's only one person that can shoot a bow over here, and that's me. And I'm going to go for that guy. Just double... I think I think I do know. I'm just going to double check the range on a short bow to make sure you can move up. I think it's 350. Ah, uh, but it has two ranges. It's got the, the standard range and the disadvantaged range. It's up to 80, yeah, so 80. If you try shooting a short bow longer than 80 feet, you have to do so with disadvantage. So oh, you're within, okay. you're still within 80 feet, so you're fine. So you can shoot him, no problem, roll to attack. Okay. That, it's 14? Uh, 14, oh, look at the wrong one. 14 hits. Fantastic. Oh, 10 damage. So yeah, so you, again, you this guy's he's got the bow, he's trained on Sinclair, he's watching him. And then your shot sails right down past the side of this building and catches him in the gut, catches him right in the waist, stabs him in the side of the armor and rocks him to his knee. He's still alive, but only just. You can tell that is a grievous wound that you've just dealt him. Would you like to move or are you just going to duck back in behind the boxes again? No, she's... Oh, wait, hold on. That was sneak attack. Roll your sneak attack damage. Oh, nice. Because you were hidden. Good old rogs. <laughs> Good old rouges. Uh, that's another two damage. Okay, how do you kill this guy? Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> so she, <laughs> um, she's gonna. Body count is racking up, Prana. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna stand up and she's gonna just like first of all she's gonna prep it with the middle finger and she's gonna like just wave it around in front of her and then she's just gonna shoot him and um, yeah, this time she's gonna mix it up and go for the other eye instead. <laughs> So the, Straight through the eye. Which, I'm going to say, that's actually an even more impressive feat when you realise he wasn't actually even looking at you. He's looking directly <laughs> at Sinclair, so he's actually looking at you sort of at an angle, but you still somehow managed just to squeak that in there. 
and hits his head going in at almost like a 45 degree angle and he also just hits the ground dead nice um and then can i like move a tiny little bit closer yeah absolutely do you want it was like sort of 10 15 20 feet yeah maybe to like the next house along so you move up by 15 feet, sort of dip back into the alley and see you're out of sight. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people for rogues, they obviously make them like hide to do this, but I'm not with the if you're like behind full cover and they cannot see you, hiding is irrelevant. <laughs> you're not you're you're not visible. And if you're attacked by a creature you can't see, you get advantage, and getting advantage gives you sneak attack. So that's my argument. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anna, you've just killed a guy. Kazizel, you've just seen Anna kill a second guy. What would you like to do? Well, my... Well, Kazizel's eyes will be focused on the one that's right in front of Sinclair. Yep. And he's going to uh, grab hold of his hand axe and pretty much throw it at the uh, at the bandit. Yep. Okay, so that is 17. That's definitely going to hit. Okay. Do I want the regular hand axe damage for that? I believe so. Yeah, I think it's the same damage either way. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm coming at all out with uh, the damage here, so that is a 2. Ooh. <laughs> oh, he's... Oh, you're, you're, you're whittling him down. You're whitt- but then you're... I'm going to use a... I'm going to run up yep. to the bandit and then I will use a bonus action for my martial arts to make an unarmed strike. Go for it. Uh, so that is a deep monkeying around. So that will be a 15. 15 also hits. For 5. Ooh. So as you sort, of, you, you sort of get yourself in the starting position, you heft your hand axe chuck it at him, spins end over end, catches him, bites into his armor. The armor, you know, sort of slows the attack down, so it just about pierces him, does a bit of damage, but it is stuck there. So then you run up, prepare yourself, set your feet, and as he turns to face you, you just punch the back end of back head of the axe and just punch it in further into the armor, and you can feel it bite into his shoulder. But he is just still standing. Okay, and that will be the end. Sinclair. Uh, okay, one second. Let me just check. I was going to do something else. But... Oh, I was. I thought it was going to be cut him in half again. That's, uh, well. Mm. You know what? Let's go with Plan B. <laughs> cut him in half again. Yeah, let's go. With, look at, I might like Plan B or uh, whatever. whatever but anyway. Uh, yeah. So Sinclair is once again going to, you know, just instantly turn, shift his gaze towards this guy, away from the guy advancing down the. Uh, down the street, and he's going to roll a natural twenty to hit. Oh, so nice. I'm pretty like, don't 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 bother rolling. I'm pretty sure with your modifier, and I get you, an extra damage die because a savage attack. <laughs> I mean, roll the dice if you want, just to feel better about yourself. Uh, Twenty-one points of damage. <laughs> you could have killed two of these guys. <laughs> so describe how you kill this one. Um. So with the the sword now down near his waist on his uh, left side from the strike, he's going to turn the sword in his grip and then he's going to take a straight swipe through the gut and uh, attempt to essentially, you know, half the guy in front of him. You've you've noticed as you've been fighting that uh, 
as you can imagine, the guys with the bows are wearing slightly lighter armor, the guys with the swords are wearing slightly heavier armor. This guy's wearing sort of like a half plate. You've already seen Kazisil sort of punch through it with a hand axe, so you know it's doable. So you just, you plant your feet, you swing with the hips, and you don't even aim for like, a, you know, a joint in the armor. Like you just go through the middle of his per, like half plate and just annihilate him. You you actually you actually feel the sword biting as it comes through the inside like through the inside of the armor back out the other side and another man cut in half lies before you. <laughs> Would you like to move? Fantastic. Uh yes, yeah, so Sinclair is gonna heavy breathing after the attack. <sighs> Ugh. And he's gonna pull the arrow from out of his armor, and he's gonna. And he's <laughs> For gonna, the record, as well, you're the only one who has spotted these other soldiers yet, because nobody has advanced yeah. far enough around he's the corner. He's gonna move uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, 20 feet down here. Shout to everyone. There's more of them coming. Raise yourselves, and then he, and then at that point, he'll pull the arrow from his armor. I don't know why, but I just assumed you were going to march towards them. <laughs> you said you were marching back. I was like, what? Back? What? Not, not, not on this amount of health, dear DM. I don't think so. Oh. Well, speaking of, it's now the guard's turn. Sorry, soldiers. I'm, I'm using guard stats, but they are soldiers. Ooh, that's unfortunate. Ooh, that's double unfortunate. So... The two guards that Sinclair first saw run around the far corner are dressed similarly to the two you were just, the one he just killed, wearing slightly heavier armor, brandishing swords. They step around the corner, stepping over their fallen comrades, barely sparing them a glance, and advance on the first enemy they see, which happens to be Kazisil, who stepped up to assist Sinclair and then watched him run past him. <laughs> they don't know each other yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not to make him feel guilty or nothing, but he did just leave him. So, I mean, because he will punch the hand axe through someone's head. I think he's perfectly <laughs> capable of himself. Very true. Uh, luckily, of the two soldiers who step up, one of them, you know, the first one to lean in to attack you, you are able to see it coming. You sort of step back, you know, shifting your weight out of the way so the blade sort of lands past you. Unfortunately, the second one catches you just in the midst of that first motion and stabs forward into your side and catches you. I'm going to, well, I'm making an assumption here, but I'm pretty sure a 21 is going to hit you. Yes. Yes, okay, cool. Not, not that I'm assuming things. So he's going <laughs> to deal you a total of, bloody hell, I'm rolling lots of sixes, seven damage. Oof. And that's going to be their turn. So, Twilight. You've just seen a lot more people get killed, and then two more soldiers have stepped around the corner and attacked uh, Cassisil. What would you like to do? Uh, is there anyone from our group near me, like I can see? Uh, you can, you can, you can see Anna because she's just sort of stood behind a wall like you are, and from where you're standing, you can make out Sinclair, who sort of stepped back, and you've just watched him pull an arrow out of his shoulder. I'm gonna like try and catch Anna's eye and be like, "What the fuck?" That's <laughs> gonna be like, like his... I don't know, but it's really cool. <laughs> Did you see? My Did you love... see? What? He just like uh, chopped someone's head off. My last quest was finding someone's cat. I also like that you consider that a quest. It was a quest. Mr. Fluffles was lost. Um, and she's going to turn around the corner and cast Guiding Bolt. 
Oh, okay. You're aiming for just one of the two in front of Cassisa, I take Yeah, I'm going to aim okay. for the one that just attacked him, I guess. The one that hit yes, him? That... Cool. That, that, that will yeah. be the one that sort of like stood off to his left slightly. Yeah. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Let me just check how much I add. Uh, a 21 to hit. That definitely hits. Roll your damage. And if I remember correctly, this is Guiding Bolt. It's going to be a lot. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, that's 18 damage. So what does Guiding Bolt look like when it obliterates this guy? Uh, a little burst of stars in like a really camp little like pew whilst he like, <laughs> literally is like absolutely mullered. <laughs> so these little campy stars sort of like I think you, you say campy little stars but they fly like a shooting star trailing this like comet's tail behind them and they don't so much like hit this guy as just burn through him where one of these stars touches him it just burns straight through his body leaving gaping holes as these pass through and he another one just collapses these again with no reaction no Sort of indication they felt any pain from this, they're just down and out. Would you like to make any movements or do anything else for your turn? Uh, she's gonna do a little dance, like, oh my god, oh my god, and then um, just I just killed a man, and like, yeah, be like, hey, um, and then she's just <laughs> gonna stand and like see if she can see what's coming next, but also like kind of look a bit like I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so you just keep an eye out for now, then that's fine, and then what none of you can see is uh well none of you can see until he comes around the corner to about here you spot and well most of you can see i think everyone but twilight can see this final guard that sinclair had seen approaching it's going to step around the corner draw its bow and try and shoot Cassisil, because he's still in the front and it says a 12 hit no I didn't think so. So this time you're sort of prepared. You hear him coming. You hear him like stamping around the corner. You see the bow come up, and you, you know, you're not, you're not full blown monk yet. You can't pick this arrow out of the air. You <laughs> see it coming, and just sort of duck your head out of the way as it goes past you. So back to the top of the order, Anna. What would you like to do? There's only two soldiers remaining. Mm, okay, I'm gonna go for. The one closest to Cassisel, I think. Yep. Yeah. You can roll to attack with advantage because you are currently completely out of view. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> 24 to hit. Bloody hell. Yeah, you hit. Roll damage. Seven points of damage. Okay. He's still standing. But you have just pierced him in the gut. Oh, did you roll sneak attack damage? No. <laughs> uh, roll that. Uh, another three damage. Okay, he's still standing. Ugh. But just about. This one, he does take it in the gut. Again, grievous wound. He sort of stumbles a little bit, but he's still upright, still alive. Oh, I'm going to go. Oh, I should have aimed for the eye. Jesus. <laughs> the shot. Um, And then that's it. I'm going to, oh, and I'm going to turn to Twilight and go, oh my god, that was so cool. Like, you should do that more often. And then that's it. <laughs> Thank I'm you. Done. I've never done that before. Because, <laughs> Isil, you've just had an arrow fly over your head one way and then over your shoulder the other way, and the guy in front of you then gets shot. What would you like to do? Uh, I'm going to try and stand my ground. Yep. And I am going to uh, take a first punch 
which is going to miss. <laughs> Offhand attack. And, yep. Yeah. Uh, 16. That does hit. For uh, 5. Yeah, this guy was, after that arrow caught him in the gut, he was on his last legs. How would you like to finish him off? Uh, I, well, the, was the arrows still sticking out from the Yeah, it's, like, protru- it's yeah. like protruding through a gap in his armor and it's sort of sticking out of his uh, sort of chest, stomach area. So, my hand will sort of swing down, grab the arrow and just sort of slide it in deeper. Oh, oh just shanking <laughs> him with an arrow. <laughs> you see his body like stiffen and twitch slightly and then as you release the arrow, he just goes limp and falls to the ground, dead. And that's another one down. So there are no more of these sword-wielding soldiers. Do I have a movement action left? You've yeah, still got your so... movement, yeah. And I was going to say, in front of you, about 10 feet away, you've got the bow-wielding soldier who shot you. Uh, I'm going to actually move back and come around the cards corner. Treating just because you're nearly dead. <laughs> Sadly, I want to live. <laughs> okay, so you've stepped back behind the building out of sight. Yeah. Alright, lovely. Come around the corner. Cool. Sinclair, there's one man left armed with a bow. And he's, he's about... Got a, oh, a bowman. Yeah, bowman. Um... And he's about 30 feet away from you. Yeah, Sinclair's going to think about it for a second, look at his hands, think, well, I could do heal myself, but hmm. he's going to grip his sword even tighter, and he's going to advance. Fantastic. <laughs> no, advance you're going to get right up in his feet. grill. Oh, yeah. yeah. Draw the uh, the greatsword high above his head once more, and he's going to roll another natural 20! Oh. Yeah! Oh my god. <laughs> we need dice cameras, that's what we need. Dice cameras for verification. <laughs> dice cameras! Right, and that, let's roll some damage. That is... I think unless you ro- roll literally the lowest on your both damage dice, this is probably not going to end well for this guy. That is uh, 18 points of slashing <gasps> damage. Oh my <laughs> god. <sighs> How do you kill him? Oh, like the first guy, but this time he's going to raise the sword very high, use the uh, the swing and the muscles in his leg, and he's going to per- perfectly half this guy. Like a science exhibition, you just right down the middle. Oh, from, yeah. From nape to nave, the whole thing. And he falls dead. We're going to come out of initiative. You can still hear some shouting from the northern end of the village, sort of, you know, down around the corner where you can't see right now. Uh, There's no screaming anymore, but a lot of shouting and a bit of a commotion. Uh, So you guys have just failed all the soldiers in the street. A few of the villagers who were keeping a distance but watching to see what was happening have started approaching now. What would you all like to do? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm going to run up to the rest of the... I'm going to go and have a look at the the bodies. Yeah, we will... Yeah, we'll we'll go down the street to the bodies. Yeah, I'm gonna run up to behind Sinclair. Does it sound like there's any more combat going on? No, at the minute you can't hear any sort of like fighting or ringing of weapons or anything. Or combat. Okay, uh, no more combat. Okay, Jordan, how much blood is there? A fuck ton. Okay, Sinclair is gonna find the nearest corner. He's gonna go and throw up. Ooh. Fair enough. You guys see Sinclair wander over to a building, sort of brace himself <laughs> against the side of it, and then just. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you okay, man? 
just a weak stomach, that's all. (laughs) (laughs) As that happens, I will just kind of turn my back. (laughs) Some privacy. (laughs) And I will continue to one of the uh, bandits just to investigate. Okay, give me an investigation check. Uh, That's a nat 20. Yes. Jordan. (laughs) All of you. (laughs) This is because you said that we were we jinxed it because I rolled a natural twenty earlier and (laughs) you jinxed it. I I brought this on myself. (laughs) So uh, you examine the bodies and you know where you would normally expect such as like soldiers dressed like these to wear some sort of insignia or marking. These guys don't have anything. Like even some like even most bandit groups that you would expect would have some sort of identifier so they don't start killing each other in the midst of combat. These soldiers wear nothing like that. In fact, the only thing of value they seem to be carrying is a simple ring, which each of them are wearing on the middle finger of their left hand. It's a simple silver band with a cracked purple jewel at its center. But with a natural 20 on one of the soldiers, you actually find a missive, which details their mission. Travel to the villages in the south and round up any villagers you can find. Only bring harm to those who attempt to defend themselves, and only kill those who manage to kill one or more of your number. Once you've gathered everyone in the village, return to the meeting point for transport. Well that's it for the first episode back. Thanks for sticking with us. As usual, we'd just like to say thank you to the Stormweather Sunday Choir for letting us use their song Drunken Sailor for our theme tune. Thank you to Lixie for the wonderful logo art that she created for us, as well as the updated version for Season 2. And a massive thank you to Jeff, who created the character art that you would have seen for all of the new characters in Season 2. We absolutely love it, and we cannot thank you enough, Jeff. There'll be a link to all of their work in the description. Our recommended podcast for the first episode back is going to be a little bit of a callback. Uh, For those of you who've been with us since the beginning, you would know that our original group only came together because we were all guardians at RTXL, the Rooster Teeth convention, when it was here in London. So we thought it only appropriate that our first recommended podcast back for season two would be for a new Rooster Teeth Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I say new, it has been going for a little bit now, but it is the Tales from the Stinky Dragon This time we've got Gus taking over as DM, running a game for Chris, Blaine, Barbara and John. And it's very entertaining, very funny, as with most of the stuff out of Rooster Teeth. A couple of niggly little things that I could complain about, you know, it's they've obviously written this to be a podcast or live stream. It's got a very tight story to it, so there is a bit of, you know, these things have to happen. And you get the feeling sometimes that uh, Gus sort of railroads through a bit of a story arc, but obviously... You can tell this one is meant to be more of a driven story than a standard actual play. So, still very entertaining, very funny. The guys are constantly making me laugh, and I would recommend it uh, to anyone listening. So, that's The Tales from the Stinky Dragon by Rooster Teeth. Stick around at the end today, as we do have a promo for Secrets of St. Kilda, which is a new podcast from the guys over at Haggis and Dragons, with a story written by Naomi from Par Word Roll who also voiced one of the dragons in Kazizel's backstory episode. Other than that, don't forget about the competitions, but that's it for this week, so we'll see you soon.
Discover the secret of St. Kilda. Come smell the heather and sit by the fire. Come talk and laugh with a community of like-minded souls seeking salvation. Come walk the rugged cliffs listening to the screams of seabirds. Listen to the screams of something else far beneath. Out everywhere on the 28th of December. Follow us on at The Kilda to follow the drama as it unfolds and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Thank you. And we'll see you soon.